volcano. Yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome. Let the filibustering begin. We got one more Oscar episode for you before the actual Oscars, and we do our Oscars post-game show every single year for a decade now. It comes out right after the Oscars. So wake up that next morning, throw it on, and discuss the Oscars with us. But this will be our last discussion of the nominees and all of that before we move on to our list episode and round out this year of 2023. So welcome back. I'm Kent, joined by Richard Brian, boys, how we doing tonight? Sorry, listener, by the way, this episode's a little late this week because we're dealing with some flu. Mm. Brian, God, the forever flu, the man. sickest, Brian, how are it's you? Brutal. <laughs> it's brutal. <laughs> I never get the flu. I never get my flu shot because why would I do that if I never get the flu? And um, I think maybe this year has changed my mind on that. This yeah. sucks. I'm not a fan, not a big fan of the flu. Personally, not I don't great. mean to be controversial, but not great. So thanks for bearing with me. We're recording a couple days late and uh, appreciate appreciate you boys being flexible on it. And I'll try my hardest not to hack up a lung on the air like I did um, in the fall. That, that's my effort for tonight. That's what I'm trying to give you guys. Well, as you guys know, I call you as soon as the sun breaks over the horizon, they so announce the, the, news. the right. awards. Right. So I call you Mm -hmm. at, I think it was 3.44 a.m. this year. (laughs) Right, right, yeah. When they uh, had to get this out there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of headlines. Mm -hmm. I can hear the Greta gang rioting already. Mm -hmm. I mean, this might get bad by the time the actual ceremony gets here. Mm -hmm. The Greta gang is livid. We'll discuss that. What we're going to do here, go over the nominees. We're each going to say who we think's going to win, and then who we want to win. We got it. Very simple. All right. So let's go through this. Let's start with cinematography. The nominees are El Conde. Haven't seen that. Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Brian, any snubs here, and who do you want to win? I'm sure there are some snubs. I... No idea. I, 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 yeah. Idea. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what El Conde is. I, I know that probably shows me to be a a fake fake film snob. Um, I don't, it's Spanish for the Conde. Okay, cool. Thanks. That helps. Um, does feel like a weak year for cinematography. This is not a great... I didn't feel like there's a lot of great cinematography in this list. So for me, this is Oppenheimer in a in a pretty big way. Richard? I think Oppenheimer will win. I think the second half of Maestro should win. But Mm. unfortunately, the first half of Maestro exists. Okay. Where they black and white it for no good reason at all and kill a lot. I mean, it's still cinematic, but like second of Maestro really pops. There's some great shots in that movie. And Uh I think if the whole movie was that, it could have a real case. But Oppenheimer. Yeah. I don't remember what my grade for Maestro is, but I feel like it's going to be a d minus by the end of oscar season like, yeah I'm oh, so wow. over this movie already like yeah anyway sorry it took you six years to come up with that too. yeah <laughs> yeah the discord i i have seen is not a fan of of maestro and it's uh pretty fun to witness that but uh i agree richard i think the the kind of paul thomas anderson looking stuff yeah. in maestro mm-hmm. was was great maybe if they did more 
of that. Totally. It really pops like that. Yeah. I think of that scene like in his garden or something, you know, where mm-hmm. he's talking to the journalist. You're like, this is shot awesome. This should be the movie. <laughs> sure. Why is there not two hours of this? And uh, I think who's going to win is probably Oppenheimer, but I would probably say Poor Things has a chance, just given Yorgos's yeah, uh, unusual style. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes the Academy appreciates that. And Killers probably has a chance too. So uh, watch El Conde win. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I hope it does. I hope it's All awesome. Right. Maestro. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Side on scene. <laughs> Best original song. It never went away from American Symphony. I'm just Ken from Barbie. What was I made for? From Barbie. It's not a joke. The fire inside God. from Flamin' Hot. <laughs> from Diane Warren. <laughs> not a joke. We should write a movie about sour cream and onion. <laughs> the it doesn't matter if it's if it's fictional or not. You can just no, we'll just make up that the Okay. I'm in. Underrepresented <laughs> uh, underrepresented Russians came up with soccer. There's a janitor. Original track this from OK Go from the Beanie Bubble. And no, it's, I'm, I made that one up. That's not, <laughs> uh, wa- Wahazi, a song uh-huh. for my people. Okay. From Killers of the Flower Moon. It's got to be between the two Barbie ones, but think so. you know, never count out Flaming Hot. That's what I always say. <laughs> never count out what Diane Warren. Yeah. Uh, which one of those two you think it'll be? I'm just Ken won at the Globes, right? Or the Critics' Choice? Uh-huh. I can't remember. I think it was the Globes. Critics' Choice, or yeah, I think maybe both actually. It's Critics' Choice. I think Billy won the Globe, right? Okay. Whichever one it was that it won, it was clearly not well received in the room. Even even Gosling was like, "Nah, it should have been the other one." Um, I'm gonna lean towards the Billy version. I I I love. I think I'm just can work so well within that movie. I rewatched that that movie today, just for funsies and um, like every Thursday. Uh huh. Yeah, it's a Thursday. Um, and so that's you know that's my tradition. Uh, and I hope you guys will respect it. But uh, I, I I think that works so well within the movie. But the Billy song is like actually like a really great like sweet sobering somber kind of song. And and I think it it's used well within the movie. I do feel like that. I've said this before. I feel like that should be a requirement. I think if for a song to be nominated, it actually has to be something that happens in the movie, not just like over the end credits or whatever that kind of drives me crazy. But anyway, uh, I'll take, I'll take Billy here for the win. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. I think Billy is going to win. Did she not win for the bond one or did she? Yeah, she did. I believe. And that's what was going to be the next. The easiest Oscar to win is your second Oscar. <clears throat> A weird hot take I have. <laughs> Because then they start looking at your stuff through the lens of Oscar stuff. More nomination than winning, but yeah, I feel like she'll win. Now you're in the club. Yeah, I think so too. That's a great song. All right, here we go. Original score. Killers, Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, John Williams, Never Fails, mm-hmm. his 99th Academy Award nomination and one for every year of his life. Yeah. American <laughs> fiction. 
if it's not Oppenheimer here, I'll be very surprised. Yeah. But Ludwig, I want Ludwig, Ludwig. John Williams to win because isn't this his last score? No, he's yeah. He he's said he might be that. doing something else. Yeah, but he's, yeah he's, he's, he said he's around. willing to do stuff if yeah. it, if it happened. Yeah, if he sees he's a good movie, he, wants he basically you upped every good director. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going with Oppenheimer for the win, but want. Man, Robbie Robertson, Killers of the Flower Moon. Give it to me. Nice. That was yeah, really that was a cool eating. score. Go for it, uh, Richard. Cool what do you think? I'm going Oppenheimer and Oppenheimer for me. I think Ludwig's score was awesome on that. Um, but I like that Robbie Robertson choice of yours for sure. But yeah, narrowly, I, I think Ludwig will win for Oppenheimer and I think he should win, but narrow. Brian? Taking Oppenheimer, probably, I mean, just as a sentimental vote, I'd always, I always like to see John Williams win. I didn't, I think that Killers of the Flower Moon. Did you use sentimental my... ironically there? <laughs> no. Did he tell you to feel sentimental there? <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my criticisms of Killers was of the Flower Moon was that I didn't think it had enough score. So I didn't, I don't really even like this nomination, if I'm being honest. I felt like it needed more. If we're going to do the, like, let's have some score in this thing. I thought it could use some more. Uh, yeah. But. That's it was. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. It just it was weird that he just kept opinion. using sympathy for the devil <laughs> right. instead of the over score in every again. scene, over and over again. It's just a lot of money too, you know. That's where 25 of that 250 Apple. million dollars went. Yeah. Right? Visual effects. This is a good one. The creator got a nomination. Mm. Godzilla minus one nominated. Guardians three. Mission Impossible, Dead Reckoning, Part 1, which I've seen it advertised recently as Dead Reckoning. So yeah, are they shifting yeah, I think their they thoughts? We shall see. It's going to Paramount as Dead Reckoning, so I think the new one will have a new title. Yeah, we'll have to get to that in a separate News Rumors Rumblings episode because Did there's a lot going on there. Did you guys read that tweet I sent you about Tom Cruise changing the score on Rogue Nation and it totally changing the scores of no pun intended of the film in testing. I saw it in the somebody put it in the Discord and I yeah. saw it. I was like, that's crazy. That's <laughs> freaking genius. We can all make fun of him as an actor, rightfully in some scenarios, especially in Dead Reckoning in some parts, but he's the best film producer maybe of all time. Yeah. Like legitimately yeah. Yeah. he's the best producer ever. Man. He's up there. I'd love if he directed. I just want one cruise. Like mm. I'm shooting this. Wonder why he hasn't. Yeah, I know, right? Probably because there's more money in just producing. It would just be cool <laughs> if he just made his like. If he was like, I'm winning an Oscar as a director. Uh-huh. That's that would be cool. Just put it out there, mm-hmm. Tom Cruise. We'll all really like you if you do that. We shall see. But uh, we'll again. We'll talk about that on another episode because there's a lot going on with Paramount and Tom Cruise, all that kind of stuff. It's a lot of a lot of shakeup in the biz right now. Exciting times as we head into 2024. Uh, I think. Oh, I didn't finish. Napoleon also nominated for visual effects, which we just reviewed on the VIP feed last week. If you would like our review of that, we all like the visual effects too. So cool to see it nominated yeah. for that. Ron Howard's um, oversight on the Beanie Bubble actually. <laughs> Nominated as well for the work so they did on Zach Galifianakis. Yep, he was great. They got rid of that beard in post. <laughs> so I'm going with 
who I want to win is Godzilla minus one, who I think is going to win. This is a tough one because I can't believe Oppenheimer is not nominated here. I know. (sighs) Shoot. Uh, Mission Impossible, maybe? Let's go there. Let's go Mission Impossible for the win, but I want Godzilla to win. What about you, Brian? Um, this is, I mean, I feel like this is like a wide open category. Yeah, I'll take, I'll take Godzilla for the win. And that's like, a, I mean, I love that movie. That's going to be top 10 of the year for me for sure. I, I don't know. I, I honestly, the creator, I almost wish that it was nominated in production design as yeah. much as anything, but since it's not, I, I guess I could kind of lump that all in. I, I I love the world creation in that movie, so I I think that's what I would be rooting for. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll take Godzilla. Any yeah, chance? I'm gonna say Kent. I want Godzilla to win, but I think Mission Impossible will win. Sure. Yeah. Any chance Napoleon, just, Napoleon wins? Is, it's, it is ILM. So we show. ILM always. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Guardians has a chance too. Yeah. Just I mean, yeah. it's Disney. That's a, yeah. It does look great and. It's the only comic movie that looks good all all year. Right. The Academy can be like, hey, this is how we're honoring the Marvel movie. You know, I mean, that's sure. I I can see that. I just feel like they're going to just keep giving Tom Cruise movies any Oscar they can for saving the business for a couple years. That's that's very true. That's That's my thinking. I agree. All right. Screenplay original. We have Past Lives, May, December, Maestro, The Holdovers, and Anatomy of a Fall. Who I think's gonna win? Past lives. Who I want yeah. to win? The holdovers. Brian. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with you on that. I think I'm. I think that's probably the right. We're all aligned. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Okay, perfect. Adapted. Let's move on to here. American fiction. Barbie. Adapted from a toy. Brand. So stupid. So dumb. So By the way, I was watching The Simpsons the other day. Hadn't seen the episode in a while. Can't believe I didn't make this connection. The Lisa vs. Malibu Stacy episode. Go back and watch that. A lot of uh, <laughs> okay. a lot of similarities. Maybe it's adapted from that. Um, Oppenheimer, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. It's got to be Barbie or Oppenheimer. Competing head-to-head, probably. So that means the winner is going to be poor things, but I want <laughs> Barbie. What about you, Brian? I'm I'm rooting for Barbie. I also think that this is where they they do the oh so sorry we didn't we didn't nominate you for all these other things and give the award. So I'll take Bar- I'll take the odds on Barbie there as the win. And uh, forgot to mention Kristen Gore adapting the Great Beanie Baby Bubble. Mass Delusion and the Dark Side of Cute by Zach Bissonette. Uh-huh. It's also it's a great book too. Yeah, included. Right. What about you, Richard? I'm gonna go. Who I want to win is American Fiction. Hope I'm gonna what see th- that tomorrow. I'm and what I think will win is Oppenheimer. That's a good category. Bet category. American Fiction is so good, Brian. I can't wait for you to see it. Nice, nice. Animated feature. The Boy and the Heron, Elemental, Nimona, Moana spelled backwards? No. Uh, robot. <laughs> Rock, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 
Robot Dreams, don't know what that is, and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, huge snub for Ninja Turtles. What's going on, yeah, folks? We had to get that Robot Dreams. Huge snub uh, for Chicken Run. Chicken Run, Dawn, Dawn of the Nugget, Nugget too. too. Oh, that was one of my favorites. Don, same. You will hear about that in my top 10 later this year. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Maybe me too. So I'm going with Elemental. Maybe for the win here, maybe. I haven't seen Boy in the Heron yet, though. But I want Spider-Man. So I'll go Elemental with Spider-Man. I think it'll... I want Spider-Man. I think Spider-Man will win. Same. Uh, yeah. Same here. Yeah. If, if anything upsets... To me, if anything upsets Spider-Man, though, it'll be the uh, Miyazaki film. The yeah. Boy in the Heron. The Boy in the Heron. Yeah. All right. Let's go to best director now as we move into the big categories for this year's ceremony. Big snub, of course, Greta. Greta. Not getting That's a bigger snub in. to me than than Margot. Yeah. Can we talk about that for a sec? Like not trying to be yeah. I mean, I would have been totally cool if Margot was nominated. I'm not a hater, but like Greta, there's a lot of great performances in that. It's shot fun. I don't know. I don't think the competition was a stiff either and I'm cool if Jonathan Glazer isn't nominated and stuff. I don't know. What'd you guys think? I take I'm kind of the opposite route. It's it's to me Greta would have been in my I mean, no doubt would have been in this list for me would if if I'm turning my ballot. Um, but I I think that there are I think you can make a case for ten or more directors there, and that's Kind of setting aside that but I haven't seen, seen you're not a Nyad guy though you haven't rocked no Nyad. so that's my that's my deal is like uh, when we get to the actors like right, I know. that I mean that nomination is the kind of nomination that you get in years where there's just not five performances <laughs> that really stand out you know and and that's I don't mean that really even as a knock on, on Annette Bening or whatever else, but like there have definitely been years where best actress due to the way that Hollywood works, where the best actress field is like, boy, can we, can we get five decent, good performances in, in good movies? I, I guess this, it's like almost by default. Hey, there's the, the nomination for a movie no one saw and it is what it is. Um, I, there's, I, I don't see a, I don't understand the 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 thought process um, of of keeping Margot Robbie out of that out of that conversation out of that top five. The only thing with Greta, like I said, is just I think there's just a lot. There were several really good movies this year, so you can make a case for blah blah. I'm with you, Richard. I think that the work, um, I think that Greta's work as a director is probably better than Margot's performance as an actress in that situation. I just think that the the field dictates things a little bit here and there. But um, all that said, saw Anatomy of a Fall this week and I thought it sucked. <laughs> so um, not a huge oh, yeah. fan of that. I No one has seen Zone of Interest because they made it impossible for anybody to see it. I've seen it. Oh, you have? Nice. Seen okay. Because I'm an Amos guy. <laughs> okay it's good so i was excited um, for that one and it's yeah. a delight you're gonna love no it. i'm sure a, i'm sure such it's, a, a, fun it's a blast experience it's a blast i i should say i didn't think anatomy would fall sucked i thought it was like fine um yeah. and i was kind of like really this is the thing that we're okay all right and but they Scorsese, haven't done it. it's just like 
Yeah. In Scorsese too, it's like, I don't have, this is what I said in the discord was if you think that killers of the flower moon is the best movie of the year, that's totally fine. I've come up on it a little bit since, since we did our, our review to the point that I had it in my, on my ballot for like my fake ballot for best picture. Um, I think my, my, my problem with that is that it, it felt like it felt like that was a lock for nomination in all of these categories in like July. And that, I don't know. I find that yeah. I don't like that. I I, that. That feels a little problematic to me where it's like, well, Scorsese's putting out a movie. So that means there are four director slots available, you know, and you could, same for when Spielberg puts out a movie or I don't know, Fincher or whatever. That's that, that, that class, that, that, that class of directors, like if they have a movie out, then they it's it it has to be a bad movie in order for them um, to not get secure a nomination online, and that's the thing that I don't like. I, I I would like for it to feel like an open slot. You know, there's right. five slots, and we're we're all yeah. competing for for those spots. Not you gotta you're gonna have to <laughs> you gotta hope to hope that Scorsese makes a bad movie in order for for a slot to open up there. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like that vibe. There's, you know, this year there was three you had to nominate. You had to mm-hmm. nominate Scorsese. You had to mm-hmm. nominate Chris Nolan for Oppenheimer. And you had to nominate Damian Kulas Jr. for the Beanie Bubble. Mm-hmm. And then outside right. of that. And you knew that coming in, you know. You knew that. Yeah, outside of that, it's a, it's wide open. Right. And I'm with you on Anatomy of a Fall. It feels like ever since it, Parasite. It's just if you win the Palme d'Or, you're gonna get nominated for Best Picture, regardless yeah. of mass appeal, critical acclaim, you know, all of the above. Uh, some of the most I don't know, off-putting, weird, genuinely don't want to watch move watch them again type of movies of the past three years with Titan, Triangle of Sadness, and mm-hmm. and this one. So yeah, it just. Not they're not bad, but like it feels like it. It it's something that the academy has really focused sure. on is including yeah those types of movies, and yeah. it does it does it reeks of uh, I don't know pandering to the film bros of the world mm. instead of yeah. like I, who are we trying to please here? I guess is my question. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. I mean, it, and to be, if I'm being totally fair, like I, I thought that the direction on Poor Things was kind of bad too. So Poor mm. Things was one of the funniest movies I've seen this year. Um, and also it felt like the third act was a complete disaster and that it, it felt like a movie where you, despite some great performances and some really funny dialogue, especially, uh, it felt like a director couldn't quite get out of his own way. So I'm not a big Yorgos guy, so maybe I'm coming in, you know, biased on that, but wouldn't have been on my short list to begin with. So it's a, I don't know. There's a lot of really good movies this year, so I'm, it's never going to be perfect, but this, I found the director thing this year to be a little bit confounding overall. Yeah. I mean, the Greta thing, I'm sure we'll, there'll be plenty of talk about yeah, that Alexander Payne it, too though into Celine it, Song Alexander Payne. I mean yeah. yeah it's it's a weird anyway I'm Oppenheimer I think Oppenheimer wins and I'm that's what I'm rooting for by you know pretty easily this I mean this honestly it would be tough but 
honestly, I, I said it in the episode, but would rather have seen Bradley Cooper nominated here than for best actor. Same. <laughs> but uh, Same. it is what it is. And uh, we'll continue to talk about that. So let's get to supporting actress, Divine Joy Randolph, The Holdovers, Jodie Foster, Nyad. We'll talk about her a little bit more later when we talk some True Detective at the end of the episode. So stay tuned for that. But guess I got to see Nyad because it has Jodie Foster, but there's no way to know what it is. I've been Googling, looking, <laughs> can't figure it out. And there, if there only was a way to know, please email me. And I'll figure it out. <laughs> Double nomination here for this movie. Both Sarah Snook and Elizabeth Banks for the Beanie Bubble <laughs> get nominations. So I'm going with Shiv. America Ferreira, Barbie. Emily Blunt, Oppenheimer, and Danielle Brooks for the color purple. Uh, so I think, oh, shoot, Divine Joy Randolph's going to win. Yeah. And I want her to win. I think she had the best performance of this group. Universally around, I think. Yep. Easy. Yeah. That should be an easy one. That's like the, yeah, that's an awesome one. That's a, it's a really, I'm excited for her to win. Yeah. I'm bummed the Viola Davis wasn't here too for air, but she was so good in that. Yeah. True. Heart of that movie. That's a release date. Yeah. Yeah, For sure. That came out six months later. That's, yeah. Yeah. But you can't, you know, can't fight that night the naiad nation is just you know what i mean so much momentum just so yeah, much perfect momentum, timing right? yeah caught can't, on yeah. that wave you can't so go to, to the water cooler without somebody trying yeah, to talk dude, to you about naiad, you i've been know? at this new it's office like up in plano constant. and it's just naiad 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 and like some guy will come up to me and he's like hey don't let me hit you in the naiads and then it's like a whole we laugh naiad nation what up yeah yeah, yeah. It's like all right yeah. man cool yeah look i love jody foster i thought she was more deserving than than Annette Benning for sure. So, as well, the she one person who saw probably that, always I is. Can we pronounce it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In Borad voice. <laughs> Very competitive category coming up here. Best supporting actor. Always, always, always is. Movie. But this year, I mean, good, good grief. It's, it is uh, ridiculous. So Mark Ruffalo for Poor Things. Turns out he was the poor thing the entire time. <laughs> they were just Ryan kids. Ruffalo for poor things. Gosling for Barbie. Downey for Op. De Niro gets an nom for Killers for Flower Moon. And Sterling K. Brown, American fiction. Very competitive. Who do I think is going to win? Robert Downey Jr. Who do I want to win? The Goss. Nice. Brian. Yeah, I'm rooting for the Goss. Ruffalo would be my second choice there, despite how great Downey is in, in Oppenheimer. I think it's I think Downey wins. Um, but Goss would be my be my pick. It'd just be fun to see the Academy Award. A Gosling's a great actor, but B, hey, a comedy can win an Oscar. That'd be cool. I'd I'd like to see that. But no, not too bad. Not too bad. So I Arby, think no Glenn Howerton though. Sorry. Sorry, Richard. Sorry. Another nah, that's it's all good. Man. True. Blackberry, big shout out. I know, man. I wanted him to win. I wanted him to be nominated, but it would have been cool. But uh I'm gonna go RDJ for 
actor in a supporting role, and I'm going to go. This is a new one. I would have said that's who I think will win. I wanted the win was someone else, but I'm going to say recent things have changed. I wish Sterling K. Brown would win for American nice. Fiction. Nice. Nice. Very good. Awesome. I'm excited yeah, for you guys to see that one. Yeah, hopefully I get it in before next week's final episode. By the way, I need to said. tease the end of the winter movie draft too. So stay tuned to a upcoming episode to see who won the winter movie draft. All right, big three categories here. Best actress. Annette Benning for Nyad. Uh-huh. Nyad. Lily for Killers, Sandra Hewler, Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan, Maestro, Emma Stone, Poor Things, and Margot Robbie for Barb. No, that's where my my mind automatically went there. She's not nominated, sadly. (laughs) I think Lily Gladstone has this thing pretty much wrapped up. Yeah, but watch out for Emma Stone. Poor things. Brian? Yeah, I I think Lily wins. I, that's who I would pick as well. Um Emma's the only other one of the of the five that I, I feel like has a, a real case. Again, not Anatomy of a Fall fan. I actually did like Karen Mulligan in, in Maestro quite a bit, but not enough to feel like she was better than these. And and Nat Benning was fine. I, I mean, I don't know. I just don't understand. I understand how that, that nomination happens when you've got Margot Robbie. Also, when you've got Greta Lee with Past Lives, I thought she was fantastic yeah. in that movie. Um, I mean, got to hand it to Netflix because their movies got nominated so like weird, crazy. Yeah. So, so they must have done something right on that stamp from that standpoint. Oh, what's funny though is they how did they how do they end up with these nominations for Nyad and none for May December, which was such a better movie, yeah, acting wise and content. I mean, just all of it was better. I, She's so a mother odd. to all of us is the problem. <laughs> exactly, yeah. So and it's odd that May December got a freaking like a, a a script nomination, but not. I don't know. It's just odd. I don't. I don't really get weird. it. Even I mean, I didn't love Priscilla, but even. Kaylee Spaney, I think she was deserving of a spot here, much more so than some of these other. This is a this was a weird one. It was a weird one. Same. I'm gonna go Lily Gladstone will win. I think I would go Lily Gladstone would be my pick too. Carrie Mulligan was great. I apparently I don't know if you guys did. Did you know Bradley Cooper's in Maestro? No, no, really. Yeah, I thought it was just about Carrie Mulligan the whole time. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But apparently, there's another whole part. But I must have just kind of tuned that out. But yeah. Because he was, you know, I think he was just so understated, you know? Uh huh. Right. Just the chameleon kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He just blends in the wallpaper. So you're right. just focused on her. It's just, she's the maestro, you know? Somebody went off on it, but she was the maestro of his life. I don't oh, know if, you, if you got the. All right. Got, the context got, got it. All right. Yeah. That's not on Wait, the nose. What? <laughs> Change my grade now. I love how much how angry this makes Richard. It's just short circuiting him for a month, and I love it. This is his new it. the post because he was looking so forward. <laughs> Same to this. writer. I'm just <laughs> at war with Josh Singer. Josh yeah. Singer and I are at war. Yeah. Best actor, Bradley Cooper, as mentioned. Coleman Domingo, Rustin. Uh, Zach Galifianakis, the Beanie Bubble. <laughs> This is such a good bit. I mean, 
If you've seen it, you know. <laughs> Paul Giamatti, the holdovers. Mm. Killian Murphy for Op and Jeffrey Wright, American fiction. Should have gotten nominated for Asteroid City as well. Big snub, Asteroid City in 2023. It was. I'm going to go Killian for the win. Would love to see Paul win. Mm. What about you, Brian? I think I'm going to flip that. I think Giamatti wins. And oh. I think, man, he's he's great. Don't get me wrong. It was a great performance. I will be rooting for Killian. I, I, I feel like this is a... Uh, this is a great actor that has been, uh, not that he's been slighted by the Academy or anything like that, but it, it feels like uh, feels like he, he deserves this here. I am bummed. that I, I knew it wasn't going to happen. We talked about it on the episode a couple of weeks ago, but I'm bummed that Zac Efron's not here because I just yeah. think that, mm. again, is the kind of performance that I don't know how many more times in his career we're going to see yeah. a performance Bradley Cooper that's that a few more good. Swings. Yeah, and, and I, again, I'm with you guys like, the directing <laughs> Bradley Cooper's direction on, on Maestro is so much better than his acting, unfortunately. So I, I don't, I, I would have liked to have seen him not get nominated as sort of a rebuke to this whole yeah. bit that we're doing. At this yeah. Point. You shouldn't that's have done this. Yeah. Way. This just like reinforces <laughs> yes. any other yes. actor that's going to have this itch to get $200 million and go, right. go ham right. with yeah. Netflix. We shall see. I think, I think Killian will win. And I, okay, okay. did you okay? Did you guys know Bradley Cooper was in my? I didn't know he was in my show. <laughs> I was just kind of blowing my mind. Um, but I, I actually wish Jeffrey Wright would win. Nice, nice, nice. So teasing oh, my favorites of the year. So he doesn't miss. Really Jeffrey Wright does not miss. He he elevates almost everything he's in. It's great. Yeah. All right, best picture of the year, starting in alphabetical order. American Fiction, Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, Beanie Bubble, Holdovers, <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. And then Beanie Bubble again. You got two noms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was the, the German piece. <laughs> yeah, the German dubbed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Das I love the bubble. idea that, that <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I would watch. I would watch that. That. That's das Beanie Bubble. It won the Palme d'Or. I mean, come on. <laughs> they just blow it away by Galifianakis. Like this guy, who is he? Thirty-seven minute standing ovation. What? Uh, <laughs> das Beanie Bubble. That's one of your best ones. Good job. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah. This feels like a lot of movies nominated again. Um, Do you know our ex-classmate James Wilson is nominated for Zone of Interest? Is he? I don't know. That's the name of the producer. Oh, yeah. nice. Could be. Man, who do I think is going to win? Oppenheimer. Who do I want to win? Uh, what's the most chaotic win that could happen? Maestro. So give me that. <laughs> Richard. Yeah. Let's wheel, let's wheel Warren Beatty out. Let's go full Nyad. <laughs> let's wheel him out. And yeah, we'll give it to Nyad. They're not even nominated. Wife's in it. 
Uh, I'm going Oppenheimer and Oppenheimer for me. Of these, I mean, there are actually, not to spoil one, the two movies that I might have liked a tad bit more than Oppenheimer. In terms of a best picture, what that means to the history of cinema, right? I think Oppenheimer is the choice here, which is a very nuanced thing. I'll explain later when we give our best of the year. Yeah, Oppenheimer, Oppenheimer for me. I I think that's a masterpiece, and I feels like it's going to be kind of a boring ceremony. It doesn't I mean it could be a huge surprise, but uh, feels like there's going to be a lot of Oppenheimer wins. Um, and we'll find it's out. Up to in, you, Kimmel. Yeah, Seven we'll find months. out in uh, you know July or August whenever the ceremony actually happens. <laughs> yeah. So it know. is July Fourth weekend. It's going to be lit. <laughs> oh, sweet, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Man, cannot wait. Before we hit weekly recommends and get out of here, we wanted to discuss the premiere, the new season of True Detective, fellas. It's back. Fourth season has come, starring Jodie Foster. It's called Night Country this time around. The first season with a a subtitle Mm. kind of thing going on. So were you looking forward to this, Brian, and general thoughts slash review of the first two episodes? I was looking forward to this. Um, True Detective season one is, I mean, truly, I mean, I think that's one of the like all time great seasons of television uh, and was such a such a cultural touchstone too at the time. Um you need to get these two great actors and then hitting right at the right time, right as the reconnaissance is coming around and all that stuff. Um, I, I'm, I, I wanted to go back and, and rewatch season one before this started, but I didn't get time to do it. Yeah, it was, that was like a huge achievement. I felt like in, in, in TV second season is just a complete disaster. I, I don't think I ever finished that season. I, I, I don't think I'm, that's a, not the completest. Yeah, I know. For me to not not complete a, a season of TV that I started is is pretty it's pretty rare. It was awful, awful. The third season was just really boring. Um, and just kind of felt like, okay, what are we doing here? the The selling point for this was number one. Um, it seemed like uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Pizzolatto. Maybe I'm saying that wrong. Was like taking a backseat. Issa Lopez is is the sort of I don't know if she's co showrunner or full showrunner in this, but I think that it was important to have another voice in the room. Um, number two is Jodie Foster. I I freaking love Jodie Foster. And number three, I, this setting is really cool to me. I I find this to be a really um interesting and also terrifying kind of concept. Like setting this in the dark of Alaska, the long winter and stuff is, is a really interesting spot to be. So yeah, I was, I was pumped for this and, uh, two episodes in it's, it's, it's delivering. It's, it's everything that I, that I wanted it to be. There's a ton of, there's a ton of references, some subtle and some maybe not so subtle to the thing, which I think is the best horror movie of all time. Uh, and I love that too. I think it's cool that they're, they're kind of paying homage to, to that movie. Uh, but more than anything, again, I, I don't know how y'all feel about this, but the, the setting for this is so creepy and unsettling, but to me also like very, very interesting. So I'm, I'm, I'm really into this. I think it's, I think it's been great two episodes through. 
Yeah, same. Richard, any uh, general thoughts here? Review of the first two episodes, and were you looking forward to this at all? Pretty much so. One of the few shows that I look forward to anymore are these. Um, to Brian's point, a lot of that is the legacy of the first season, which was so excellent. And uh, despite season two and, and, and season three, which is a very good, you know, kind of um, anthology season of television, is not does not live up to season one, which was, seemed like. Mm-hmm. really kind of paradigm shifting and, and a really brilliant, you know, that's like a, something that could have been a best picture nominee if they allowed 14 hour movies or whatever. So, um, but was excited for love Jodie Foster, especially love Jodie Foster as, as we've talked about as a, you know, investigating things. Um, and, and yeah, it's, it's lived up totally. It's, uh, I'm very interested. I'm totally, um, mystified in a good way as to where yeah. where it's going and all that so mm-hmm. yeah I'm, I'm excited yeah i agree it the setting is awesome i mean i love a i mean it's i love an arctic kind of uh, thriller if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah and uh this is perfect i think jody foster fits right in here i mean the only difference between this and fargo is the accents i think kind of it, it really is mm kind of that tone and and setting where is it going i have no idea i think sure. it's yeah. wide open at this point i mean it could go paranormal in my opinion it could go you know super explainable without getting into spoilers like you know this is just a murder scenario type thing or it could go it could get real weird or it could get not real weird uh, mm-hmm. so i think i like the ambiguity of the first two episodes and the way they've set it up. I don't want to get into spoilers and it's not a spoiler to say the ice rink stuff is, is never seen anything like that before. wonder if that's mm-hmm. based on any kind of fact or yeah, what would actually happen. But I mean, that's kind of crazy and weird. And I like this rival cop scenario that they've got going on with, with Jody and her, co-worker that they seem to have fallen apart over a case that mm-hmm. didn't work out and now they're trying to mend things so that they could solve this other case that might be related to the case that they didn't solve and there's a lot of a lot of good storylines g- going on here but man Jody apparently this is the first TV stuff she's done since she first started acting so it's hard to believe that wow. yeah she's never really done any kind of TV mm-hmm. stuff. It's just uh, crazy. And, um, you know, just wrap up the Emmy right now. She's going to win that. And <laughs> I think this looks incredible. Yes. I don't know what's going yes. on. I think the, the, the setting is so cool and they, they are highlighting the setting beautifully. I feel like the cinematography is great, but the, yes. the color correction on this, uh-huh. absolutely. Whatever yes. they're doing there is some of the best I've seen. Like the clothes pop, like mm-hmm. the the settings, you're right. The, the actual houses, like interiors of the houses, it's great. I mean, it looks crystal clear. I mean, I don't know what they're doing there, but whoever, hats off to whoever shot this. Yeah, it's like the exact opposite of the, of the last season of Game of Thrones where you just like couldn't see anything yes. that was happening on screen ever. Um yeah, every, I, I, that was something that stuck out to me right off the bat. We're like, because I had some concern of that. Of like, all right, we're gonna be in the dark the whole. Is it gonna mm. be that way where I can't see anything? Or 
no, it's it's lit beautifully. It looks awesome. All the interiors are like the compound that that they're investigating in is is a really cool space and and kind of eerie and and well done. Man, it's really dig it. Really, and I like I like how they're just kind of playing with the concepts of the of some paranormal activities without it being like a full on like sci-fi fantasy like kind this of this could thing. be the like, thing or it could be yeah well it's in, there's I, th- I think there's a th- i think it's episode 2 where one of the one of the just kind of side characters tells the 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 other cop like hey you've been here your whole life you know that there's stuff out there you know that you see you see people out there and it just kind of gives like a little bit of life of like is this folklore or is it real? It doesn't really matter because the people believe that it's real, you know, and it's not a, we're not playing on that heavily. It's just kind of, it gives it some space of like different places to go. It reminds me a little bit of Fargo season two in that way mm-hmm. as well. Um, yeah, I, I, I think, and I think that's a smart way to, to approach that stuff. Yeah. I, I like the ambiguous timeline. I, I imagine it'll connect heavily to the other seasons of mm-hmm. true detective and significant sure. ways yeah. along the way. Yeah, I'm, there's like some conspiracy or fan theory that the, the dead guy that led her out into the ice uh, is Russ Cole's dad, which I, oh, I, mean, okay. I, I generally think all that kind of stuff is stupid. Cause we TV viewer or movie fans or whatnot, like that's just like a thing we have to connect the dots on everything. I don't necessarily think that that's a deal, but it was a fun like oh okay that's kind of interesting as long as alexander daddario shows up at some point we're we're good (laughs) yeah i agree man the first season was great you know my wife and i were watching this new season and she was talking about that first season too and just how how great it was and we were talking about going back and watching it because of how memorable that experience was can you believe that this has four seasons and fargo has five and it feels like they never make this show, and it feels like Fargo's just kept going. <laughs> Isn't that weird? <laughs> it is interesting. They're almost the same. I would have thought they would have way more Fargo at this point, because this show feels like it's on a constant hiatus, or they're always figuring out what they want to do with it. But here we are with season four. Yeah, it looks like it's going to be eight episodes, so we've got six left. It could go any direction. I wouldn't be surprised, Brian, if it does go paranormal and it goes kind of a X-Files direction. Yeah, yeah, it could be. And it's got it a be. tone of, with Jody especially, of Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, love that. Gosh, I love Jodie Foster. She's great in this so far. She, Yeah, speaking of people who can't miss, Jodie Foster. Rarely with a miss. Nyad, you know, the exception. (laughs) We'll let that one slide. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. All right. Before we get out of here, fellas, let's hit a quick weekly recommend. Weekly recommends. All right. What you got for us this week, Richard? 
Yeah, I've got um, a new Smile album. Nice. As you listen to this, yeah. So that's an easy one for me. One of Ken and I's favorite band that we saw live together. Um, yeah, so I will go. I, I will make that an easy weekly recommend and uh, while it's timely. And uh, I will do... I will do the new smile level, which is um, wall of eyes. Yeah, for sure. You know, big Radiohead um, vibes there. So if you like that, you'll like the smile for sure. I'm going to recommend a movie that I think you guys have probably seen. Not sure if the listener has, because it's a pretty old one. It's directed by American treasure, Danny DeVito. And it's got Billy Crystal. And it's a late 80s comedic kind of thriller. It's called Throw Mama from the Train. Have you guys seen this one? I yeah. have long time a long ago. time ago. It's been, been a really long time. Yeah, It's got a little Hitchcock influence to it. So I don't know if you've seen Strangers on a Train before. But that movie is a big influence on this movie where... Uh, you know, the, the big, the big, uh, I guess, plot of strangers on a train is these people meet on a train. They both want somebody dead and they decide let's switch murders. I'll kill the person you want dead. You kill the person I want dead and there will be no way to trace it. So they figure that out in the movie based on the Hitchcock movie. And they play that scenario out with, with the mother in this, and it's got a comedic, you know, kind of crime thriller tone. But Danny DeVito directs it. Really fun. Late 80s kind of comedy. Rob Reiner pops up. Uh, yeah. So check that out for some prime DeVito crystal action. What you got for us this week, Richard? Uh, Richard was smile. Um, I mean, Brian. No worries. Mine, I've been binging a ton of movies the last couple of weeks, trying to finish up everything that we can before our end of year episode next week on uh, I saw some I saw some good ones saw some a few movies that are going to maybe even creep into the the top 10 or very close uh I'm going to give you I'm looking through my list here let's go with this one let's go the Kane Mutiny Court Martial uh which I believe you'll have to figure out how to get Showtime um or to get Showtime through Amazon Prime or something else. It's the most like uh, that and stars. I don't know how anybody ever, ever finds it. It took me an hour to figure out how to see this movie, but it was really good. It's, it's Showtime the last, on, the, on the plus, right? Yeah. On the yeah, ex- yeah. But you have to up to that, yeah. that up tier so. version of, of the Paramount plus. So uh, you can do that. You can try that. Uh, that's it's on William the, that's Friedkin's on the Peacock, right? It, no, I don't okay, think so. Okay, yeah, it's William Friedkin's last movie uh, before he he died earlier this or I guess last year. Uh, it's Kiefer Sutherland. Jason Clark might have been like deserving of Oscar nomination. Personally, I think it was really really good. It all takes place in one room. It's like a bottle episode or like a a, a one scene play basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all just the, it's, it's the, it's a court martial trial. I love a, love a courtroom drama, love a trial. Um, as long as it's not anatomy of a fall and, uh, yeah, just really simple. There's, you know, six actors in the movie basically. And it, 
it moves really well. It's got a great monologue a couple times here and there. It's uh, I really dug it. It's not going to make my top 10, but it's, it's sort of the just probably the tier below what that's going to look like at the end of the year. But I really, I really enjoyed it. And uh, if you like courtroom dramas, then this is a, an easy sell for you. I would think. Heck yeah. Who doesn't? Yeah. yeah. I feel like there should be a resurgence of those John Grisham yeah. style stuff. Yeah. All right. I pitched Richard on that uh, a few months ago of why, why would we not, if you're John Grisham, why would you not create like an amalgam character through 10 or 20 of your books? Cause he has 700 books and pitch that as a Netflix series. Like just have him go through instead of making a movie for the firm, a movie for, I don't know, the partner or whatever else you just like do that as a Netflix series. Just have a, have a character that does all that goes through all of these. I feel like that's an easy one. I'm going to send him a letter. Try to pitch that to him. So, yeah, for sure, for sure. Be on the lookout. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. There's some Oscar talk for you. Before we wrap up the year, wanted to get that to you first. So, stay tuned for our end of the year list episode. My most anticipated episode of the year. I don't know about you, fellas. It's the one I most look forward to. So, we'll get that out of the way here really soon. So, make sure you subscribe to the show. Leave us a nice review. And, and uh, you know, the the old five-star thing on Spotify, if you enjoy the show, tell a friend. And if you want more from us, we do another episode every single week on our VIP feed. We're about to record it right now, in which we are discussing Reservoir Dogs as the first movie of our Tarantino retrospective, which we're doing all year in the VIP, talking all Tarantino movies. So you got time to get in now. Movie number one, Reservoir Dogs, madaboutmoviespodcast.com slash VIP. Please subscribe, and that makes sure we continue to do podcasts. All right, we'll see you over there in the VIP, bar, club, lounge, grill, and cinema. Goodbye. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, tossed salads and scrambled eggs. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegged. But I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They're calling again. Scrambled eggs all over my face. They're making me yah yah.